Welcome everyone to a special episode of the Gruth Podcast, where I am documenting my journey towards my master's degree in theological studies and always talking about how Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, gives us new life when we believe in him. Today's episode will be different from the others, a special episode to break from the norm, I guess, even though we're only a few episodes deep. So how much different can it really be? But different because I'm sharing my testimony. It's not a wild or crazy or earth shattering testimony, but it's the only one I have. So sit back, relax, and join me as we present Masterpiece Theaters, the testimony of Paul. I am Paul McWhorter, born to Doug or Paul Jr. and Beverly McWhorter. Like my parents, I was born into a Christian household, went to church every week, three times a week at least, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And we didn't just attend church, though we were involved. My parents sang in the choir. We did kids' musicals and church camp and Sunday school and fellowship dinners on Wednesday nights before the service and potluck dinners on the church grounds during the summer, etc. My dad had graduated from seminary and worked for the Baptist Children's Home. My mom raised my sister, Kimberly, and I, and uh, but was also working a variety of part-time jobs. I loved my childhood. I have so many fond memories of our home and our family time and going to church. And I can't remember exactly how old I was, maybe nine or ten, but my best friend told me that he was getting baptized. And I thought, how wonderful. I had seen many people get baptized, but despite my upbringing, I didn't fully comprehend what it meant. So sometime after he was baptized, I decided that I, I wanted to be baptized as well. I didn't want to be left out. And I knew all the answers to the questions because I had learned them in Sunday school. Jesus was the Messiah. He died for our sins and rose again. Easy. But nothing significant happened in my life. It was just another Sunday, except this time I got to be in the pool. Because the change wasn't, it was, it was going through the motions. I wasn't making a commitment to anything. I didn't understand what I was doing. And then several years later, my family moved to Oklahoma and even though we had started attending a new church, I wanted to go to church camp that summer with my friends from my old church. And it wasn't that far away, so I went. But this time was different. This time at age 13, I was starting to understand some harder lessons and trying to figure out who I was. Then one night toward the end of camp, after we had sung songs and the speaker was giving his message, I had an experience. I felt something inside me that I had never felt before. A voice talking to me inside my head, a yearning in my heart, a desire to do something, but wasn't sure what. And when the invitation came at the end, I felt a push to move. So I went down, uh, met with a counselor who talked to me one-on-one -on -one about Jesus and sin and forgiveness. And in that back room, it all sort of clicked in my mind. I got it. It made sense. So I prayed for forgiveness, repented, and offered my life to Jesus. And <laughs> wow, I can't even begin to describe the feeling. This was genuine. This was real. This was it. I was so excited. I was just all smiles. I couldn't stop smiling because of just this tremendous wonderful feeling that I had and that I have never had never experienced before. I was so excited to get back home and get back to my church and tell my parents 
And that next Sunday, I could barely stay in my seat. I was waiting, itching for the message to end so that I could go forward at our new church and tell them that I had accepted Jesus and wanted to be baptized. Now, it wasn't the baptism that saved me. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is is the outward expression of our faith. It's a public testimony that I've given my life to Jesus. Salvation came to me in that room at church camp when I repented and believed. And I wish I could say that salvation at that age or any age would bring a certain level of maturity and wisdom into my life. <laughs> but, but I was a teenager, naive and hopeless, a dreamer. I was invested, though, and like my parents, I wanted to be involved. To this day, I'm, I'm still not just an attender for church. I can't just go to church. I have to be involved. I want to be involved. Later, I I learned about spiritual gifts and discovered that mine was service. I love serving people, helping others. I use the gifts God has given me, and, and by extension, I serve him. And I love music. So I taught myself how to play bass. And this time, we moved to Alabama and got involved in another church with a wonderful youth program. And I started playing bass in the student worship band on Wednesday nights. And I was awful, but we were all kind of awful, just a bunch of high school kids learning to play instruments. But we got slowly better over time, and then I started playing bass in the main worship, helping in the student ministry. And I was that guy in high school who wore Christian shirts and carried his Bible around, not hidden in my backpack, but out in the open. And after graduation, I even enrolled in a Christian college to study theater. And my love of music was also a love for acting. If I couldn't be a rock star, then I was going to be a movie movie star. My life was great, but it wasn't perfect. I had always and will always fail. I'm a sinner like everyone else. I make mistakes. I have bad habits. But I was always striving to be better. And about that time, the Experiencing God study came out and I loved it. And it was awesome and opened up a whole new world of, of thoughts and information about God and Jesus and, and who I was as a Christian. My life, however, took an unexpected turn. I decided to transfer from my Christian college and the safety of home and go to State University. Florida State University, to be exact, one of the top party schools in America and home of the Seminole football team. I mean, they have other sports, but... It's a football team. They also have one of the best theater schools in the country, and I wanted more. So I moved out of my parents' house, and I joined the world, both literally and figuratively. And it didn't take long before I got sucked out of my faith. It's embarrassing, really. I started smoking every day and not just cigarettes. I turned 21 shortly after I got there and started buying and drinking with my underage roommate. I could easily try to blame my roommate or the people around me for what happened, but that would just be a cop-out. My roommate then is still now and forever will be one of my best friends. In fact, those guys that I hung out with, we still text each other every day. I would do anything for them, and I think they would do the same for me. Despite the bad decisions that I made, I don't look back on that time full of regret. I went through seasons in my life where I felt a lot of guilt for the mistakes that I made 
And let me tell you, that's not what God wants for you. Okay. He does not want you carrying that burden because he already paid for your sins. They, they were, they were paid for 2000 years ago on the cross by Jesus. He, he paid for those sins. They're, they're paid for already, but he wants you to reach out to him to acknowledge your sin, to repent, to ask for forgiveness. And so sometimes we, we feel like carrying that guilt and that, and having those regrets. Uh, but I, I don't look back on that full of regret. I see how God was still with me. You see, he never left me. I left him, but he was still there working in my life. And it took a while though, right? Several years of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And after I graduated my, with my theater degree, I decided to stay in Tallahassee with my band and pursue uh, my rock star fantasy. And we were having a blast. <laughs> My parents had moved to Tallahassee a year after I had left home. And well, let's say they were praying for me a lot. And that would be an understatement. And I'm glad that they were there. Because after one gig on a Friday, uh, my friends and I were doing our usual night of partying. And I'm not sure what pills I took along with everything else that I was consuming. But the next day, I felt absolutely awful. And our druggy pot-filled house was not conducive to my sickness. I tried hanging on, but nothing was making me feel better. And the next day I woke up feeling even worse and knew I had to get out of there. And so I went to my parents' house for just some fresh air. And as the day progressed, it was a Sunday of all days and my mother's birthday. And I wasn't getting better. And I had asked my mom because my dad was out of town to take me to the hospital. And I was struggling to breathe at this point. I had been to the ER a few times, not as a patient, but as a friend for others. And so I knew the usual wait time was lengthy. So when they pulled me into a room before I could even finish filling out my paperwork, I knew things were bad. Apparently I had turned very pale and my lips went blue. And I don't remember much of what happened. You know, how could I go from this hardcore Bible-believing Christian to this? A druggie in the ER. What I do remember was lying there looking up at this big bright light in the ER. And no, I wasn't dying or dead. It was literally the big bright light in the room. But very clearly... Very clearly, I heard that voice in my head, and it was God. And he said, Paul, you can either keep going like this and be dead in five years, or you can come back to me. I still remember it to this day, as clear as I am talking to you right now. You can either keep going like this and be dead in five years, or you can come back to me. And that was it. No lengthy sermon, no life flashing before my eyes, just those words from the Almighty. And that was all I needed. Within a very short time after that, I quit my band, moved out into my own apartment and started going to my parents' church. 
And I got back on my feet, both mentally and physically and spiritually. And I even met my wife there. Again, I wish I could say that that was my triumphant return to the faith. But as a sinner, I am still really good at shooting myself in the foot. God is still working on me. And over the last few years, I finally started putting forth the effort that I should have given a long time ago. Our faith journey is different for all of us. We aren't saved by our works or how good we are. We are saved by faith. But as Christians, we build our faith, expressing our faith through our works and the things that we say. And in the second chapter of his book, James says, Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And then he says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now, I've been serving in the church for many, many, many years, but I still wasn't devoting my life to God every day like I should have been. I'm still not perfect, and I never will be until heaven. But I'm working every day to build my faith, to express my faith, to live a life with the purpose and meaning that God created me for. I don't have many regrets in my life, only a few actually, but I do wish that I hadn't taken so long to get here. Seeing how much better my life is by being daily invested in God's word and prayer seeking his truth, and trying to share it with others. Look, if you're a Christian, and if you're like most Christians who aren't in daily prayer and reading God's word, let me tell you, (laughs) you were missing out. Don't wait any longer than I did. Okay, Download the Bible app, start a devotional plan, read God's word, and talk to him every day. It's the best thing you'll ever do. And if you aren't a Christian, I want you to know that I really, truly started this podcast for you. I want to encourage and and lift up other believers, but Jesus didn't come to help the righteous. Okay, He came to help the lost. And I desperately want you to know that God loves you. He does exist. He created everything around you, including you. He designed you with purpose and meaning. He designed you for relationship and fellowship. He made you because he loves you and he wants you so badly. Jesus is the son of God and he came to show us the truth, to show us God's love and to pay for our sins and to rise again on the third day so that those who believe can receive forgiveness and have a new life. You are greater than what the world says you are. You are greater than yourself. You are greater because God who created you is greater and he values you more than anyone else ever could. I hope that you will ask questions and seek answers and open your heart and mind and soul to him. And I promise you, I promise you that he will transform your life. Okay. That's it. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me every week. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And, uh, and if you want to pray for me, that'd be awesome because I always need prayer. And I just encourage you. I encourage you, friends, to just seek the truth, read God's word, open your heart in prayer, and just let the Spirit of God work in your life. Okay? All right. Thanks, everybody. 
Hope you have a good one and we'll see you next time.